Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Student Section. I'm your host, Jack Duffy. Uh, I'm joined alongside, as always, from my Florida counterpart, Michael Hull. Michael, how are you doing today? Doing great, man. I, uh, you know, it's a Monday, getting, yeah. getting to the end of the uh, school semester, getting close to the NFL draft. So I was able to actually meet you in person the other day, which was yeah. amazing. Yeah. Driving back from North Carolina, stopped in Athens for a little bit was able to meet my co-host in person for the first time which was awesome yeah it was so fun getting to meet you and uh you know walk you around Athens for a little bit uh if you didn't see the Twitter post the the picture seen around the world in the uh student journalism counterparts at least uh it, it was a great day uh but yeah uh, we're back it's the beginning of April the college basketball national championships on tonight so we are in the thick of the college football offseason. We are right in the middle of it. Uh, obviously, we haven't posted in about a month and a half because not a whole lot to talk about. Uh, I mean, not a whole lot's going on right now, but uh, what we are going to talk about today, Michael alluded to it, uh, the draft is coming up. It's, I believe, at the end of this month. Uh, and, uh, you know, we had some combine results, some pro day results. We're going to talk the top SEC prospects as we head into this draft, what to expect out of them, who do we like, and we might even jump into uh, who we want our NFL teams to take, possibly out of the SEC, possibly not. Uh, but yeah, Michael, uh, I, I guess we should just jump right into it. Um, who out of like, let's say the, the top 10 or 15 prospects uh, out of the SEC jumps out to you and and, and really uh, surprises you. Yeah, I, um, I don't know if anyone really surprises me in the top 15 or so. Someone I'm intrigued by is Derek Stingley. Yeah. I think he's kind of the consensus cornerback one across the board, no matter what site or media company you're using. Um, we haven't really seen him on the field in over a year and he was incredible in 2019. He was the best cornerback in the country, probably. But we just haven't seen him on the field. And there are some questions about his effort, his health. Um, like, he has everything you could want in a lockdown CB1. Like, he has the size, he has the speed, he has the tape to show for it. He just hasn't been on the field the last two years. And so it would be really interesting to see how high he goes because the talent wise says he's a top five pick. Yeah. Um, the rankings I'm looking at have him at three on this site's big board, but does an NFL team take that based off of his 2019 tape? That, yeah. that is one of the main questions for me coming out of, out of the sec. Yeah. I, I think Derek Singley is a very intriguing like case study uh, because like you said, we haven't seen him really play meaningful game time since 2019. But in that 2019 season, he was fantastic. He was excellent. And the thing about that is the talent is not going to just like disappear. It's not going to go away. Uh, so I, I don't doubt that he's probably going top five. Uh, but if you do see him slide, it might be because that he hasn't put up like meaningful tape in the last two years. Yeah. And I, I, I think whoever gets him is going to end up getting a, a good cornerback. It might take him a while to like 
uh, integrate into the NFL because he hasn't played a whole lot of like high speed game, game speed football in a while. I, I'm not entirely sure, uh, but I know he probably should be a top five pick based on talent alone. I mean, he took the SEC by storm his freshman year. Uh, yeah. And, and I think he's a, he's a good prospect. He's definitely a good prospect. Like he's like, I mean, I think he's a blue chip guy. Like if you just look at him, um, yeah. you just look at what he did, even in high school, like his, his testing coming into college at like the national high school combine was ridiculous. He has everything. It's just, he played 986 snaps his freshman year. It's like a normal season's worth. Right. And then he's played just over 500 the last two years. Yeah. That's, I just, I, it's a little bit concerning. It's, it's definitely like a little red flag. I think if you're looking that highly in the drafts and you're looking in the secondary, I think you go to Kyle Hamilton. Obviously, he's a safety, yeah. but if you need secondary help, I think you go Hamilton before Stingley. Yeah. Um, but Stingley's still the top corner in the draft, even with those concerns. And, and the other the other corner that I, I've seen people taking above Stingley would be Ahmad Gardner, Sauce Gardner. Uh, and, and I think that has the capability of happening in the actual draft, but I, I really feel like Derek Stingley – talent-wise, is the best corner in this draft, and any NFL team would be kind of foolish to pass on him if they're, like, looking for secondary help. The guy that's been rising up big boards for me that I haven't, like, I'm a Georgia guy, and I still don't under quite understand this, is yeah. Trayvon Walker being one of now the top three edge rushers in most people's big boards. You got Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau, and then most people are starting to put Trayvon Walker uh, in that upper echelon of edge rushers alongside Jermaine Johnson and and those guys. As a Georgia guy, I covered Georgia this past season. I think Trayvon Walker has the ability to be a first rounder, but I was thinking more late first round, early second round for him. The talent talent is there. He's a very, uh, like, I think he's a project. I think he's got all the talent there. It just needs to be molded and coached. I, I'm not entirely sure why he, he's being projected this top 10 pick. I, I, I'm not in, entirely sure what NFL teams are seeing, um, but that's why they get paid, and I, I don't. Um, uh, that's for them to decide. Michael, I'm curious to hear what your thoughts on Trayvon Walker are. I mean, I'm with you. Like, I think that this is a very, very deep class of edge rushers. Um and Walker has been a guy, obviously I write for, or I work for PFF. Um, and obviously we've been all over the draft coverage since the end of the Super Bowl. Like that's been the main focus that in free agency and Walker's a guy that's name has just appeared over and over and over, like over these last few weeks. Um, and again, this is a ridiculously deep edge rusher class. It's probably the deepest in the draft, either that or receiver. Um, you have the guys at the top. You have Hutchinson. You have Thibodeau. Um, you know, you mentioned Jermaine Johnson. You have David Ajobo. All these guys. And then Trayvon Walker is just rising above everyone. Um, and it's his combine. Like, he's a freak athlete. This happens yeah. every year. You see these guys put up ridiculous numbers at the combine. They put up these ridiculous measurables. And NFL teams are like, I can coach him on the technical stuff. I can fix this. It's kind of like a relationship a little bit where you're like, Oh, 
I can fix this person. Like, yeah, they have like commitment issues. I can <laughs> fix that, that type of deal. Uh. Um, I do think if he goes to the right situation, he'll be a stud, but he needs that coaching to like actually learn the position. He has the tools. Like you can't teach six, five, two seventy five, and like his speed, yeah. like, he has everything. Just he doesn't have the technical aspects of rushing the passer down. And I wouldn't want to take that with a top five pick. Yeah, I I really think taking him with a top five, even top 10 is still kind of, I guess, risky. I mean, we're talking about a guy. He had six sacks, seven tackles for loss this past season, uh, 36 QB hurries. But we're also talking about a guy on the Georgia defense who – if we're talking about combine measurables and testing well, the entire Georgia defense tested well. Like uh, one of the biggest combine stories was how well this like Georgia defense uh, performed at the combine. I mean, you had Jordan Davis, a 340 pound man running a, a four, eight, uh, 40 which is absolutely absurd. <laughs> I, I still can't believe that. <laughs> that's, that's like inhuman level stuff. Um, I saw a tweet from Mina Kimes after the combine was like, I mean, it's a good thing that Georgia won the natty because if they didn't, we'd be really questioning what Kirby smart was doing after watching the, these, these, uh, these players um, test at the combine. I mean, it's absolutely unreal. I mean, Devonte Wyatt, same sort of thing, Channing Tyndall, and then Trayvon Walker, an, another guy in that group, just absolutely killing the athletic, parts of the test uh, and I guess it's just me uh, seeing how he played against most teams this season I, I just think that was a result of the defense in and of itself just being good and, and having all parts work together and so he kind of benefited from that uh, and so I'm not necessarily high on Trayvon Walker the way other teams are or, or way um, scouts see it uh, Michael, we, we have one like main QB prospect coming out of the SEC. We got our, our guy from the lane train, Matt Corral. Uh, he, he got injured in the Sugar Bowl. Where, where do you see Matt Corral landing in the draft? And do you think he's got the what it takes to be a successful quarterback in the NFL? I think he has what it takes. I don't think he'll be around one guy. Um, I have no idea what this quarterback class is going to be, man. I really don't. I don't think anyone does. There's no like can't miss set it and forget it prospects. Um, like there was last year with Trevor Lawrence, there's no like clear cut number one guy. I think that you have, you have Sam Howell, you have Malik Willis, who I think if we're just talking quarterbacks here, I think Malik Willis will be the most successful, um, just looking at his rocket arm and his rushing ability. He has all the tools you would want in a quarterback. He has accuracy issues, but I, I would take Willis out of all the quarterbacks in this class. And then you get to Corral, who, you know, he's played in this Ole Miss system. Um, he needs time. He is not someone you're going to draft and throw out there weeks one to four of his rookie season. He's a guy that I think needs to sit almost an entire year, honestly. Um, I don't think you can take him and expect him to be your starter right away. 
He, I mean, he put up great numbers at Ole Miss and he has the arm. He has the accuracy. He didn't turn the ball over very much. Um, he committed just 10 turnover worthy plays according to PFF. Um, like he's a very, very good prospect. I just don't think he's ready to take over an NFL offense yet. That doesn't mean he won't be. I think he's a day two quarterback that if you're looking at a team who has a bridge option in place, but isn't quite sold on him, like maybe the Washington commanders with Carson Wentz, they only gave up two thirds to get him. Maybe they bring in Corral as competition. Maybe Seattle with Drew Locke. Maybe they don't want to take a QB round one, but hey, Corral's sitting there round two, later round or round two, even round three if he falls that far. I have no idea where these quarterbacks are going to go in this draft. I'll be totally honest because I don't know if they're any good. I think Corral will be good if he goes to the right system, which you can say about most players, but that's kind of where I'm at with him. He needs time. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think it's really hard to say which teams are, are really like wanting to draft a quarterback out of this class because most, most teams that are in need of a quarterback are trying to like look for a franchise guy. And I'm not sure that like, I really see just yet any of these prospects being a franchise quarterback level guy. Uh, uh, Malik Willis, I feel like is the closest, like I, I think you and I both agreed at Malik Willis is probably the closest to, to that. I think he's got the best uh, uh, talent out of, uh, all the quarterback prospects, Matt Corral. I mean, his pro day, he looked good. He looked healthy, which, which is a good sign. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of like thinking that obviously his draft stock has fallen because of the injury. And, and like, he probably could have snuck his way into the first round. He, he might still, I, I have no idea how this quarterback draft is going to play out. Uh, but I think he's probably a late second round guy uh, if for teams looking for a quarterback. Um, if that's, I, I really don't know. Cause the, this quarterback class is kind of a mess. Um, I'm just hoping the Falcons don't take a quarterback out of this class, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, it, Matt Corral, certainly the talents there, if he's put in the right system, we see he can succeed. Lane Kiffin's system was obviously the right system for him. Uh, and he success, uh, had success there. Uh, so I, I think, like you said, it's all about finding the right fit. Um, and, and if a team can put around the weapons that he needs to, to be successful, that, then I think he will. Uh, but yeah. Uh, another thing we haven't talked about just yet, we, we have two potential top five SEC tackles uh, for, for this draft. We have Evan Neal from Alabama, Charles Cross from Mississippi State. Uh, both have, have put up very good tapes. Uh, both are very likely to go in the top 10. Uh, Michael, what do you think of these two guys? Um, They're both suds. We were talking about this before. I don't know what exactly the Jaguars were doing when they franchise tagged Cam Robinson this offseason because both of these guys would be options at number one if they didn't do that. Um, I think Evan Neal is an alien. That's what I think. Yeah. He's 6'7", 350, and he doesn't look 350. If anyone saw the pictures of him at the Combine, he looks – he's a freak athlete. He's allowed 24 total pressures over the last two years. Um, 
there's nothing not to like about this guy. He is the best tackle in the class, I think. Um, and that's not a knock on cross at all. I just think Evan Neal playing at Alabama, being coached by Doug Marone last year, former Jaguars head coach to Alabama offensive line coach. We won't talk about what that says about the Jaguars as an organization, but I think Neal is strong. He can play the run. He can play the pass. Um, He has apparently some balance issues, but that's really minor. He'll be a top five pick, or at least he should be. And Charles Cross should be too. Cross is a guy who didn't have a great first year, um, but getting used to that offense at Mississippi State took a lot of time. We love Mike Leach on this podcast. His offense is hard to adjust to, especially as an offensive lineman, where he kind of went from a very, you know, run heavy, normal offense. And then Leach came in completely different. But when he was set in that offense, he looked like a stud this past year. Um, he was awesome. He didn't let his quarterback get touched essentially this year. Um, he might be the best pure pass blocker in this draft. So I think they should both be top 10 guys. I don't think they'll go top five. Just looking at, I don't think both of them will go top five. Just looking at the teams there. I don't know if there'll be two tackles going in the top five. They should both be top 10. Yeah. And and I mean, you throw in another tackle uh, from the tackle from NC state. I'm blanking on his name. Um, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Yeah. I I don't want to butcher his name, but (laughs) apologies if you're listening to this podcast. Yes, very, very sorry. Um, but those three tackles all have the capability of being top 10, um, which is crazy. Charles Cross, obviously, in a system where they don't really run the ball at all. So just like doing what he was able to do when they pass the ball like 95% of the time uh, is absolutely stunning. Uh, it's fantastic. And any team is going to find a star in him. Evan Neal, like you said, is just like a freak athlete for, for being a tackle, being his size and, and just like being able to move the way he does uh, having like an athletic tackle in this day and age is great for, for teams trying to run RPOs and those kinds of systems. Um, And and I think Evan Neal fits that bill so well. Um, Any team drafting these two guys, you can't go wrong. You just can't. Uh, now we have some intriguing wide receiver prospects out of the SEC. Uh, you got Traylon Burks, who's been like the the wide receiver one uh, for Arkansas. You got Jamison Williams, who is uh, fast as all get out. And then you have some other guys, um, George Pickens, John Mechie, all, all of those guys have the ability to be to go in the uh, first three rounds, I, I believe. Who stands out to you out of this wide receiver class of the SEC? Because it, it seems to be pretty deep. It is really deep. Um, Jamison Williams stands out just because we don't know if he's healthy. Obviously, tearing his ACL in the national championship. Um, if he didn't do that, he would have been a top 10 pick and been right there with Garrett Wilson like for that number one spot. Like it would have been Wilson, Drake, London from USC and him, in my opinion. But people are concerned about the health, which is fair. I mean, tearing an ACL is a serious injury and it happened late in the season, obviously national championship. Um, But Jamison Williams is the best deep threat in this class. I think he can kind of do it all. 
He can stretch the field for you. He can take the shorter routes. He has speed to burn. Um, great hands. Like, I think, I don't think you can miss with this guy, assuming he's healthy. Yeah. Um, he is tall. He has every single trait you could want in a stud receiver. Um, I'll let you talk about Traylon Burks a little bit more if you want to. I think Burks is really, really intriguing yeah. um, just because yeah. he's kind of – he's been compared to Debo Samuel a lot during this draft process, which is a little annoying at a certain point. Like, not everyone's going to be the next Debo Samuel. But if there is anyone who's going to be, it's going to be Traylon Burks. I mean, he's big. He's fast. He can be – he can go deep. He can take the ball on jet sweeps. He can line up in the backfield if you really need him to. Um, I think he's kind of a do-it-all gadget player as well. Yeah. Uh, Traylon Burks uh, is a guy that really intrigues me. I mean, he's been mocked to the Falcons uh, uh, a few times. So I've obviously had him on my radar. I covered the Georgia-Arkansas game, so I, I saw him live in action. Um, and, and he's like a, a real um, just – all around, I feel like he's a, a complete wide receiver. Uh, he's tall. Uh, he can go up and muscle balls. Like he can go and catch and, and has great hands, uh, but has also pretty decent speed. Um, can can break away and be a deep threat. Um, ran a four five forty, I believe, uh, maybe four five four something like that uh, in this combine. Um, and you know he he was able to put up really good numbers. He was, he was obviously the main guy for the Razorbacks this past year. Um, and, and I think he has the ability to potentially be a sneaky pick for the best wide receiver in this draft. If he gets put in the right team with, with a good quarterback, um, because just of the way he's like built, he, he's, he can run very well. He's, he's very quick. He's very agile. Uh, but also he's, he's just this like, a, a big freak basically he he, he can uh, muscle you and um, make a catch make a tough catch so he's intriguing to me another another prospect that's intriguing to me uh, is George Pickens just because like he's coming off injury uh, he played the final three games for Georgia um, but he didn't obviously put up very many numbers because he was coming off injury didn't play as much as he could have um, George Pickens, though, has the talent to be a first-rounder. <laughs> and uh, it's kind of crazy that he won't be picked in the first round because there are obviously uh, better wide receivers with with better uh, health uh, at the moment. And because of that, George Pickens has been kind of sequestered to the second round uh, in most mocks. But George Pickens is a first-round NFL talent. Um, and just the way he's able to catch balls there. There have been some plays where I, I don't think a catch is humanly possible. And George Pickens makes those catches. Like uh, he has been a, a deep threat for, for Georgia in his three years here. Um, but yeah, he, he is certainly a prospect to look out for. I think somebody's going to get a steal with him. Michael, what do you think? I would love George Pickens on the Jaguars. That's what I think. I think, I think if he, if he uh, somehow fell to 63 to like the top of the third round and the Jaguars didn't take him, I think that'd be a big mistake. I think that obviously the injury concerns, which is kind of the case with a lot of these sec receivers. We already talked about Williams. 
obviously talking about Pickens now and John Mechie, like suffering the ACL tear in the SEC championship. So a lot of these guys who would go earlier are going to fall a little bit due to just injury concerns. Um, But no, I agree. I think Pickens would be a first round talent or in that first round conversation if it wasn't for the injuries, obviously six, three, 200, you can't teach size. No. Um, and he has it. I think he's got good ball skills. He can go up and get it. Um, yeah, no, I think he will be very, very good at the next level if he is healthy, Yeah. which yeah. again, kind of the concern with a lot of these sec receivers. Um, if they are on the field, they will run the league in a few years. Um, and I will be sad if the Jaguars don't take him at 65 and they pass on him because yeah. they probably will because they're the Jaguars. But I think he would be like my target if he was there at the top of the third round. Yeah. Listen, I'm hoping the Falcons take him before that, to be honest with you, they got, they got that pick 58 right there before uh, I would be happy with George Pickens there. Uh, Falcons need so many positions, but wide receivers Falcons need everything. The Falcons need everything. It's, it's concerning, but yeah. Uh, that's a lot of like the top prospects out of the SEC. Michael, is there anybody else that we haven't talked about that sticks out to you? Damian Pierce. <laughs> Let me I, I talk up. about Damian Pierce really quickly. Um, I think he's the best running back in this class. I'm gonna say it. I think he's the best running back in this class. He was PFF's top graded running back last year. Um, in case I don't know if I've ever mentioned that. I, I say sarcastically because I brought it up all the time during the fall about how good this so guy bad. was. And Dan Mullen Barrett didn't give him double digit carries. It's fine. I'm not so salty about it at all. Um, no, I think Damian Pierce has the build to be a really successful NFL running back. I don't think he'll go in the first few rounds just because of how kind of running backs go. I don't think any running back should go in round one. Um, but not this year, at least Pierce, his only concern is that we haven't seen him have that workload. Um, but he performed really well in the senior bowl. He put up great numbers at the combine. He looked really, really good at us pro day that I was able to go to last week. Um, he, I think is RB one in this class. He has it all. He can catch, he can pass protect, which is essential to be a workhorse NFL running back. You don't want to draft a two down running back in the first like three rounds of the draft. You want someone who can be on the field for 75% of the snaps in a game. You want that guy. I think Damian Pierce is that guy. He can go between the tackles. He has the speed to bounce it outside. I think he has everything. Um, I think he should be the number one running back in the, in the draft. I don't think he will be. Um, I think you'll either see Kenneth Walker from Michigan State or Brees Hall from Iowa State go number one. But I think Damian Pierce, when it's all said and done, will be the top running back in the in the draft. Yeah, I I would be lying if I, I if I didn't say that Damian Pierce was is not my draft crush. I love Damian Pierce. I, I think he's a great running back, like Michael has said so many times on this podcast before. He has been PFS highest graded running back in college football. I uh I just like his skill set. I think he's he's quick, he, he's um shifty, but also can can run run people over. Um he's a he's a great guy. I I do 
I, I do think the concerns there with without him getting enough carries is it's kind of looming. Uh, but if, if he is who he says he is and is who he is for most of his tape, and you just expand that to more carries, then then he will be a great NFL running back. Uh, I have no doubts about that. Um, and I'm going to say this with every single SEC prospect as we continue. I want the Falcons to draft him um, because he would be a great addition to the Falcons. Anybody's a welcome Atlanta Falcons. I think anyone would be a great addition to the Falcons at this point. Yeah, we're, we're, we're aiming for that, you know, two and 15 season uh, right now. So we'll see about that. Uh, two other running backs uh, that, that stand out to me, James Cook out of Georgia uh, and then Brian Robinson from Alabama. I mean, we've seen what Brian Robinson's been able to do in the Alabama offense. I, I think that speaks for itself. Um, he he would definitely be – he's going to be like a late-round guy because of how running backs just play out in the draft. Uh, but whoever gets him is probably going, going to get a solid uh, three-down guy uh, and I think will uh, benefit. James Cook is intriguing to me because I think his – uh, ability to run the ball is as good as his ability to catch the ball and, and be like in the passing game, which uh, in this day and age in the NFL is like the, the jackpot of all trades for running backs. Like you, you want a guy that can run and also catch uh, and go out into to uh, run routes and do all that. And James Cook can do that. Uh, he's very versatile. Uh, I mean, you definitely see shades of his brother in his running game. Um uh, just watching the Orange Bowl, how Dalvin Cook did to Michigan and what James Cook did to Michigan, it, it looks like they're the exact same person. I mean, they're brothers. So James Cook is certainly somebody that that would stand out, and, and I think he's probably going to go in like the late fourth round. Um, like I said, running backs are kind of a, a crapshoot in the NFL draft, um, but he is certainly a, a great prospect. I mean – a lot of these SEC guys, man, there's a reason the SEC has gone 15 straight drafts with the most prospects taken. Uh, it's just because they're good. They're, they're good. And um, they're, they're definitely uh, some good ones this year. There's, it's probably going to be the 16th straight year that the SEC has the, the, the most draft picks. Uh, and whether it's because of recruiting or, or, uh, whatever you, you think it is out of the coaching in the SEC, uh, the SEC, this, this trend's not going to end anytime soon, the way the SEC moves. So, uh, yeah, a very intriguing draft class for the SEC. Michael, a a any final thoughts on, on some of these, these prospects? I'm really interested to see where Jordan Davis ends up. Just yeah. speaking of Georgia guys, we talked about his freak combine. Um, he's obviously more of a run stuffer um, at the NFL level, but if he ends up in somewhere like LA with the Chargers, I think he can just thrive with Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack on the outside. He can just dominate the middle. Um, I'm also interested to see some of these other Gator guys um, just from covering the football team last year. Uh, I think Kyer Elam, if he falls out of round one, a team is getting great value he was florida's cornerback one last year he was an island guy he can be an island guy uh he looked great at us pro day i think zach carter will be a middle middle round pick uh edge rusher 
you can kind of play all over. He talks about that at the pro day, like after doing interviews, he was like, yeah, I feel like I'm a puzzle piece that can fit in any defense, which that's huge. That's really what you're looking for in the middle rounds are high upside guys and guys who can play multiple positions. And Zach Carter can do that. He led the Gators with, I believe, seven sacks last year. Um, he's quick, which is huge. He has really good um, change ability. That's not a word, but his ability to, to change direction very quickly is impressive. Um, he'll be a mid-round guy just because of how deep this edge rusher class is. But I think people will be getting value out of both Elam and Carter. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the just the depth of the edge rusher class, this is how insane this is. Kingsley, we haven't even brought up Kingsley Engabare, who who is going to be like a second round guy, um, who was absolutely a beast at South Carolina, and I, I think has the ability to to be a beast at the next level. Uh, this edge rushing class, absolutely insane. It's I think it's probably up there for best of all time in terms of edge rushers, or just how deep going into it obviously we haven't seen him on the field so we, we can't judge anything yet but uh I, I think this has a very good chance to be one of the best edge rushing classes um at least in the modern modern era of football um uh last i i realized we we didn't even mention another first round guy the kobe dean who will be a great linebacker he reminds me so much of roquan smith he's got a lot of his game he was able to, to call plays and read defenses. Uh, I think his NFL comparison uh, would be, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. It's the, the, the linebacker from Tampa Bay, uh, Michael. Devin White? Devin, Devin White or Levante De- Davis? Devin White. Nakobe Dean reminds me a lot of Devin White, and I feel like he can be sort of like a Devin White for somebody. Um, but, yeah, I think Nakobe Dean's also a, a great prospect. Just some really, really good prospects out of the SEC, like we've been saying. Um, and, and it'll be interesting to see where all these guys end up. Um, and hopefully the Falcons get a few. Uh, I know we were talking about this earlier, but Michael, if you were the if you were the Jaguars GM, right? You have you're on the clock because you're the number one overall pick. Who are you taking? Not who who you think the Jags are gonna take, who are you taking? I'm taking Evan Neal. Um, I think that, I mean, but again, here's the thing. I'm taking Evan Neal, but I'm also rescinding the tag that they gave Cam Robinson earlier because I think Evan Neal will be a stud tackle for the next 10 to 15 years in the NFL, and I don't think you can put a price on that. Um, Cam Robinson's fine. He's okay, but if you have the potential to get that especially as we talked about how deep this edge rusher class is and the guys you can get in the second round third round even fourth round like i was talking about with zach carter and josh paschal some of these guys like kentucky the kentucky edge rusher some of these mid-round guys who can be studs at the edge rusher tackle is not that deep obviously we talked about cross and neil at the top but they're gonna take aiden hutchinson number one from michigan (laughs) and he'll probably be good um, but the Orange Bowl against Georgia concerned me because yeah. he was invisible in that game. Obviously, you watched it being the Georgia right you are. Obviously, we all watched it because we're football fans. Um, but Hutchinson was completely phased out of that game. So that gives me some pause with him. I would be taking Evan Neal. I think he's the safest pick in this class. Um, 
not named Kyle Hamilton, but I don't think you'd take a safety at one. Ideally, the Jaguars trade back. Yeah. They trade back, they pick up some extra picks, then they can draft either one of these top receivers, another defender. They have a lot of needs. They can draft anyone, and I would be like, okay. Um, I would be taking Evan Neal. I don't think you can teach what he has. I think he's already an NFL. Almost like I think if he made the Pro Bowl his rookie season, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, but I'll take my Aiden Hutchinson, and I'll be I'll be okay. Yeah, I uh, I I feel a lot of the concern with Aiden Hutchinson just because like I didn't really watch a whole lot of his his games because he's Michigan. I, we live in the South. I didn't really get to watch a lot of Michigan games, uh, but I did watch the orange bowl and Georgia's offensive line who kind of had a down year uh, in terms of production. Uh, I mean, obviously when you're a national championship team, your offensive line has to be decent to good. And they were, but compared to what we've seen out of Georgia's offensive lines in the past, this was like a, a down year for them but they completely, whether it was they schemed Aiden Hutchinson out of this game or, or they, they just absolutely shut him down, that's what happened. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson barely barely got into the backfield, and that's that's concerning, especially going up against NFL talent um, who can easily scheme you out of a game or um, just downright dominate you at the line. Um, so that, that'll be interesting to see um, who goes number one. I want the Falcons to probably trade back as well. Uh, I think eight is a weird spot because a lot of the guys that the Falcons could want, like needs-wise, I mean, we we need everything. But needs-wise, I, I think they want to get an edge rusher, a cornerback, or a wide receiver. And I guess you could go like Garrett Wilson, Drake London uh, for wide receiver at eight. But I feel like one of those guys is going to be there if you trade back to like the mid-first round. <laughs> Uh, and so I'm, I'm thinking if the Falcons have the opportunity to trade back, they should, because I don't think Kayvon Thibodeau is going to fall to eight. I don't trust Trayvon Walker at eight. Uh, I wish Kyle Hamilton were to fall to eight. That would never happen. But um, the Falcons are in a weird spot with eight. I, I kind of want them to trade back. But if they don't, I, I guess go with a, a wide receiver, because Lord knows Olamide Zacchaeus and Auden Auden, I don't even know. Auden, Auden Tate. Tate. Auden Tate. Put some Tate. respect on Auden Tate's name, please. Listen, he's our wide receiver one, so I don't, I don't know what to tell tell you. The Falcons are, are down bad when it comes to to wide receiver. They're down bad when it comes to everything, man. After Deshaun Watson, that whole debacle. Oh, it's it's hard being a Falcons fan. At least Marcus Mariota, though. Marcus Marcus Mariota. At least I've got the Braves and Georgia and, and the Bulldogs. Um, yeah, I was about to say, you can't complain. You I, I, have, I still have won, good football. You won two championships like this academic year. Yeah, the, I, yeah, but this this year with the Falcons has has led me to believe that I will never witness the Falcons win a championship. It's, it's just not happening. I, like it's just per, it's going to be perpetual purgatory for the Falcons, um, which is fine if everybody else is doing well. It's fine, um, but yeah. I think that's it for, for this episode. Uh, obviously we're, we're, we're coming back with some more off season content as this season, uh, as the off season continues, we have a, the student media poll is doing a way too early top 25 poll within the next week or so. 
Um, and so as soon as that releases, we have a, a special episode planned with some of our Big Ten counterparts uh, here at the Student Media Poll, which will be fun. Uh, Patrick Feltz will, will, will get on the, the pod for the first time. So we're, we're pretty excited about that. Uh, but yeah, Michael, tell the people where they can find you. Yeah, as always, you can find me on Twitter at Michael underscore Hall 33 for a lot of draft content, obviously a lot of Jaguars content, a lot of stupid jokes that people aren't going to laugh at, but maybe I'll get a pity laugh or two. Um, and then obviously be reading the alligator for all your Florida news, whether it's sports or news or whatever. I took a break this semester because of classes, but they're still doing awesome work over there. So follow the alligator, follow me. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, Michael is your go-to guy for draft stuff. He works for PFF. So he, he's got all of the insider information because, uh, you know, PFF reigns supreme uh, with dra- draft grades. Uh, yeah. Anyways, you can find me on Twitter at Jack Duffy. Uh, I tweet about lots of sports stuff as always. I, um, I'm covering baseball this season for the red and black. It's been a crazy season so far. Just swept Florida. Uh, so it, it was a good weekend for the dogs. Um, lots of crazy content going on there, uh, and follow the red and black, uh, sports for all sports content here at UGA. We've had a lot of crazy stuff going on this off season with a new basketball coach in both men's and women's basketball. Um, just some really good content coming out, um, from all, all writers, all, all beats. Um, so yeah, make sure to give them a follow. Uh, and follow at Student Media 25. Uh, we're coming out this uh, summer with some more podcasts uh, that you will probably love and listen to if you're listening to this right now, because uh, who can go wrong with more sports podcasts? Um, and yeah, so follow Student Media 25. We've got a, a way too early top 25 football poll coming out pretty soon. So I'm sure there will be some very reasonable takes in that one. Uh, but yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, we will hear, uh, be back next week, uh, for our breakdown of that poll. Anyways, follow the, the student section podcast, and we will see you guys next week.